my goal for today is to try to get my energy up a little bit. That's my goal. I believe in you. That's I that's my you. resolution for what is this episode nine? Episode ten. It's the tenth episode spectacular. It's the tenth 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 episode spectacular. All right, I'm recording. Let's go. Good day, folks, and welcome back to the F1 Files. I am your host, comedian, improviser, and writer, Corey Willis. And with me, as always, we got... What's up, Corey? This is John Lapore. I'm a creative director who's designing futuristic shenanigans for tech and cars <laughs> and all your favorite movies, all you out there in TV land. Yeah, podcast land, Corey. I like your I like your good day kicking things off. I also love the way it goes with the hat that you're wearing that has the array of corks hanging on strings <laughs> from the brim of the hat. Yeah, yeah, it's just very, very. What, what what brings you to this sort of attire? Oh well, Johnny, we got the Aussie Grand Prix that we're discussing this week. Uh, I'm sorry, we- I didn't. I didn't hear you. I was ducking to avoid the boomerang that was swinging back towards me. That's uh, that's right. As you uh, dance across uh, a network of crocodiles um, uh, to get to your microphone and computer, um, uh, you you are able to hear me over the the constant thrum of didgeridoo. Yes, Is that, yes. okay. It's a All droning, right, cool. but I'm pretty sure I can edit that out in post, uh, All folks. Right, perfect, if, perfect. If you do hear a wah wah wah, it is. Um, uh, not uh, a dubstep remix of anything. It is because there is a, a a Grand Prix that already took place down in Australia, down in Melbourne. Uh, as we do every week, well, just about every week when there is a race, we will be discussing the Grand Prix here on the F1 Files. Uh, and we'll make some predictions about next week and maybe discuss some news of the day uh, as it relates to the fandom of Formula One here in the United States of America. Oh, let's get into it, Johnny. We had uh, the eventful... Mm, uh, 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 Grand Prix here. We had an eventful weekend, let's say. Uh, we this, sure did. We did. This, we did. This was the return of the the Australian Grand Prix. It hasn't happened in the past couple of years because uh, the state has been on lockdown there. Uh, that that Melbourne's in uh, in Australia, so uh, it's 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 nice to to see see the the fans come back. Uh, I, I always consider the the Aussie Grand Prix as like a stalwart of the the Formula One calendar. It, yeah, I used to think of it. It's it no longer seems to be, but it for many many years was the inaugural race of the season, first first race up, um, and they've been racing there I think since the twenties. Um, so it's it's the it's a very long history with Formula One. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also, uh, I saw a really cool stat uh, that that popped out. This was the largest live sporting event uh, uh, in attendance. It's a a multi-day event, so they took that into account. But it was the uh, largest event in the history of Australia, uh, which Mm. makes sense. and normally, I, I, I'm I'm going to confess something here. I think most national anthems are pretty corny and pretty like silly and goofy, uh, so I, I tend to skip over that part of the 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 opening salvo of the race. Um, but I, I stuck around and watched the Australian uh, national anthem because like so many people were getting so excited and choked up because they hadn't heard their national anthem in like a large crowd in years. Like it was that like, mm. Oh, this, yeah. Okay. I can actually see the significance here. Um, instead of that kind of like, uh, okay, I'll use this moment to like use the bathroom or go grab a drink before the race actually starts. It was like, no, no, I'm going to sit here and like have a little bit of reverence for this moment. So, uh, really cool to see the, the Aussie fans out there, uh, just loving F1, just like a, and especially after the past couple of years, just a big yep. old buildup of wanting to see the race. I mean, they they had the race there in 2020, but I think a Mercedes mechanic was like one of the first people to contract 
the novel coronavirus and they basically shut the season down and that was when we went into that weird hybrid season in, in yeah. 2020 um so we missed missed the aussie grand prix for the past couple of years so it was, it was great to, to to be back there great to see those fans uh i hope to attend it one day melbourne's a beautiful city it uh, it truly is. Uh, I I went there many many years ago, but it's a beautiful city, especially you know, and it's it distinctly stands apart from Sydney as yes. being a, a a you know both both cities very beautiful, very dynamic. But I think uh, they they really have this incredible uh, I don't know sort of like artistic gravitas that's that's For all sure. over Melbourne. For um, sure, beautiful beautiful place. Um, all right, so. Corey, yeah, as let's, let's, let's as we are it. as we are known to do, as is the time honored tradition on the F one files, uh, we should probably start by rating the race yeah, on a scale yeah. of one to ten. And if you're not yes. familiar with how this sort of meter works, it always works the same way, which is same exact uh, way. Yeah. So like let's say on a scale of one to ten, where one is the half-hearted Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy jingle all the way, and 10 is the greatest Arnold Schwarzenegger film of all time. It is not to be disputed. Do not send in any comments whatsoever. Terminator 2, directed Terminator by two, James Cameron. Down. Yeah, yeah. No, no yeah. question. Incredible performance. Oscars all around. Uh, <laughs> the, yes. The, absolute pinnacle of uh of cinema where uh where on that scale of jingle all the way to terminator 2 did this race rank for you uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say uh this was a last action hero this was a last action hero for me um <laughs> a bit uh, <laughs> it was like entertaining for sure um but but not quite what i was expecting and what i had uh what i have come to know and love of my beloved formula one slash Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, or like it, it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a pageant. It was a bit navel gazy. It was, uh, it, it was, uh, a bit campy. Um, uh, but not, not so campy that I was like, okay, he's literally, you know, his it's, it's him and, uh, and Sinbad. Um, like it wasn't that, you know, ridiculous. Uh, I think we'll 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 maybe get a taste of that in the U.S. We'll get a taste of that, um, uh, that campiness. But I think yeah, it was a, a last action hero for me. Um, uh, kind of better than average, but not great. Uh, uh, a, 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 an entertaining ride, but definitely, if you got up and went to the bathroom a couple of times, you didn't miss much. Um. How about you, Johnny? Yep, what, yep. What did- I, I no, I, I feel you right there. I think Last Action Hero is a great call because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Last Action Hero was the follow up to Terminator Two, and yes. was the movie that, like, even at the age of I don't know, eleven or however old I was, like, I I saw that movie coming, and I was like, I want nothing to do with this. I will see. Yeah, I will yeah. be first in line for any Schwarzenegger flick. Love these movies, love everything the guy does, but this one seems like just a slap in the face to my own, yeah. you know, delicate cinematic sensibilities. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, put this yeah. one squarely as on a scale of one to ten, ten being scale T2, of, one being yeah, jingle on a scale all the way, j- jingle to T two. Mm-hmm. This is like an eraser. Which is oh you know, rail guns and not, crocodiles? Okay, yeah. Wait, are yeah, they are they crocodiles it, or alligators? Yeah, uh, they've got to be crocodiles. It would be yeah. worthless if they were alligators. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's all right. It's not it's not the worst thing ever, but it's clearly not. It's nowhere near being up there with Predator T two. Total Recall, you know, it's Commando. It's got, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not on that. It's just not on that same plane. And, uh, so in this, uh, and, in and this, as you said, if <laughs> in this in this analogy, I just want to say uh, the McLarens uh, making it uh, making it high up on the grid is like uh, Halle Berry. Um, 
uh, right? Vanessa Williams. Uh, oh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. Uh, Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams. Yeah. Uh, another light skinned, yep. uh, light skinned queen. Um, she, she made an appearance and it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. She's like, she's doing it. She's in like a big, she's in the big leagues. And then she just kind of like, you know, faded into, faded into no- nothingness after that. Um, I'll, uh, I'll even say the, the Red Bull, uh, uh, Max Verstappen's Red Bull was a basically James Coburn in that film. If you yeah. remember his brief appearance in that film, I think it's like not even 20 minutes into the movie. He like puts a gun in his mouth and blows his head off. And, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's, let's dive, let's, oh God, let's yeah, dive this... deeper into the filmography of Arnold Schwarzenegger, please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. This uh, is sorry. Sorry. I mean, the, the... no, we pivoted from an F1 podcast to, uh, a, a cinemaphile, uh, but focused solely on the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger. The um, jingle all the way files. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, uh, so, so quite frankly, for me, I, I had a, I, this felt like Formula One of old to me. Kind of. It was okay that that I was, I was having a little like, I'm watching it on DVR playback midday on a Sunday, maybe getting a little drowsy in the middle of a lazy Sunday and Mm -hmm. wasn't quite keeping me on the edge of my seat. That's okay. It's, yeah. it's allowed. It happens. Yeah. And there's yeah. still some very significant things that unfolded during this race. There were. Uh, and, and I'd say the, the race weekend itself was, was very entertaining. So, uh, and, and that was kind of why the race itself not being a stunner was a bit felt like a letdown, uh, because qualifying was so fun to watch and watching like mm-hmm. even like the teams show up after having a, a, a week off, uh, they, they showed up, there were people who were kind of doing like some fun press along the way. I mean, we had Mick Schumacher with Steve Irwin's son, uh, uh, like being like, oh, I like grew up watching this, like watching, you know, you and your dad. And like, I'm sure if you looked at Steve, I don't know Steve Irwin's son's name, unfortunately, but, uh, I'm, I'm guessing he probably watched, uh, Michael, um, racing with his dad, uh, if, mm-hmm. if they ever watched races. Cause that's. Uh, that's usually how that stuff goes um but there was some good stuff there was some good stuff in qualifying it was it was interesting to see the mercedes do as well as they did in qualifying i mean lewis i think up until oh alonzo oh god we gotta talk about alonzo in in a moment here but um but we we uh Hit it, that that watching Lewis absolutely destroy the first sector of that racetrack uh, when everyone's like the Mercedes is like a midfield car and then he was consistently yep. crushing that first sector when everyone else was barely making uh, you know making their own personal bests um, in in those sectors so it was it was really cool to see that uh, but then. The, as soon as someone did better than him, it was Fernando Alonso and. This was the lap that wasn't. Um, so yeah, do you did did you did you follow what happened with this at all, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had an incredible first two sectors, mm-hmm. like like absolutely staggering. Uh, I, I believe the second sector was like several yeah. tenths ahead of the the purple lap, the the first yeah. place lap. And Which then, was, this uh, was in and, like the third qualifying um, uh, session too. So this was like, holy shit! Is Fernando gonna put his car on pole? Are we gonna see Alonso on pole in Australia? Like what? Yeah, yeah. Cue, cue it up, folks. What what happened? Oh God! So uh, he basically <sighs> the tiniest thing went wrong with this car. The tiniest of things in like the the analysis afterwards, they were like, oh, we blew an oil ring and an oil ring is literally just like the gasket that makes sure that oil maintains pressure in the motor. And what happened was that thing failed. And like someone said, they were like, oh, it's like a 25 cent thing that you would get from like an auto parts store. Um, and that thing failed and that set off a chain reaction in the car. This is why these cars are so genius but also so like delicate that 25 cent thing failing basically shut down the motor like 
the motor realized there was not enough pressure so oil wasn't making it to all the parts and it just shut the thing down and when the engine shut down it basically puts the car into neutral and lets you coast into mm-hmm. like into you know uh onto the track onto the side of the track but fernando was doing damn near 200 miles an hour when the engine was like hey we're just gonna let you coast yeah. for a while and these cars can't their brakes are so small these are the that's the 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 wild thing about f1 cars is the brakes are tiny so they need the engine to downshift rapidly through through the gears in order to slow the car down but the car was like oh no downshifting we're just going to go to neutral so he just went into a turn basically at like almost top speed um and luckily that gravel was there and slowed him down uh, but then he just destroyed his car. Just dis- absolutely destroyed the thing. I thought he broke his hands. Like it looked like like he was like sh- gripping his hands and moving his fingers around as soon right, as he. Right. And I was like, oh no, did he like hurt himself bad? Yeah. If if you ever look closely, whenever you see the the in the in car playback of any of these accidents, these guys are always incredibly careful to pull their hands away yeah. from the wheel because the wheel is directly connected to those front wheels and when those front wheels hit something that that steering wheel can move at such a violent speed that it could easily break all your fingers break your wrist you know yeah. uh, do all sorts of horrific damage so you'll always see in, in almost any form of motorsport when the impact is about to happen everybody just kind of let's go keep your hands close and uh and and wish for the best but the reason why it didn't go that way with fernando is because he was literally like mid turn and realized like yeah. if i just let go of the wheel i will just go directly into the wall yeah. so he had to keep his hands on the wheel up until the moment of impact like luckily he removed his hands as soon as that impact happened because if he hadn't then we wouldn't we'd be talking about a mangled uh uh fernando alonso we wouldn't be talking about uh um uh, just a, a stoppage of the qualifying session so mm. that was that was fascinating fun to watch that um not fun but like interesting to watch that and and wild to watch alonso really on form uh and the only problem that went wrong was a tiny little component so like alpine yeah <sighs> Alpine is looking Un- unforgiving. Yeah. Yeah. But also Alpine that says to me that they're, they're right there. They're at the front of the mid pack. They are right there contending yeah. with Mercedes. They may be better yep. than Mercedes at this point. So watch out. Um, once they, once they dial those cars in, we're going to see Fernando of old, um, not old Fernando, Fernando of old. And he's going to be, <laughs> Be, be fighting for pole again, I think, uh, almost every yep. weekend, um, which is what I was hoping for. Well, I was hoping for this all, all year. I was like, oh, hopefully we'll see Fernando on the podium. We might see him sitting on pole. Like that's, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's jump into the race here, Johnny. Uh, uh, what, what did, what did, what did, what did you see about the race? What did, what did you like? What didn't you like? Um, it was cool to see right off the bat, uh, a nice quick little shuffle, right from the start of the race, yeah. seeing uh, Hamilton gain several spots, uh, a little bit of urgent, you know, slicing and dicing right up there. Yeah. Um, be, beyond that, um, you know, my biggest takeaway is it really does look like it's Charles Leclerc's season to lose. Yeah. Yeah. If he, if he can just be, he is exhibiting a sort of like cool confidence that, I think was, you know, it was an exclamation point on this race that he was in complete control. He's, um, he sounds like he's already a world champion and like yeah. not even on some, like he's won a world championship. So he's like over the urgency. It sounds like he's like a veteran. Like that is the, yeah. the demeanor that he has taken as a driver this season. And it's just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, it's, I'm excited to see it. Uh, it was heartbreaking to see Carlos, see our little Carlito end up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I love, I love that uh, uh, 
our, our little Carlito. That's it. He's, he's our he's our little Carlito. We want nothing but the best for him. Truly, I I don't mean this in like a dismissive way. Like I no. I, I I'm, love, I'm a lo- fan. Love the guy. Love yeah. would love to see him step into it. I you know I've been thinking about it, and I know you uh you have a tremendous affection for Carlos Sainz. Yes, and yes. uh it's it has rubbed off onto me, and I think I've pinpointed exactly what it was that has generated this uh this oh, yeah. adoring <laughs> feeling for this particular driver uh and and i remember it because uh i think i actually texted you last season was it last season that this happened where after the race he's being interviewed by will buxton i think mm-hmm. and mid interview uh will buxton's like oh hold on Carlos, oh, yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a message over the the radio. I think yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, race control need to need to speak with you about uh, some further penalties from yeah. your race. And 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 little Carlito just drops his shoulders, it throws like- his chin up in the air. His eyes go back up into his head, and he just lets out the most like hot breath, like uh, yeah, oh. and. Uh, it, it's and then just like to has to like walk away and like has that like moment of like he starts to walk away and wants to like come back and be like uh, uh, and then just like shuffles off um yeah. yeah that was such a funny perfect moment uh yeah. he is that man is a legendary uh meme maker i mean he just his expressions uh his facial expressions he can't hide his emotion um, it's just, it's brilliant. And he's just such a good dude. He's so endearing, uh, comes from like such a good family. His dad is like a wonderful, genuine human being and like a wonderful ambassador for rally racing. Uh, yeah. and, and just, just the sweetest, kindest person has never like spoken ill of any of his rivals. Uh, mm-hmm. he and like Max Verstappen were like in the running to be the principal driver at Red Bull. And there's never, you've never heard anyone be like, oh, wow, it's, it's, it's bullshit that like signs got held back and, you know, and, and, and Max got pushed up and it's like, well, yeah, he's fine. He's a a brilliant racer and comes from good stock and he stuck around and now look at him. He's driving for Ferrari. Um, so, so we're, we're all swept up with uh, poor little Carlito because he went straight, straight into the gravel trap. Which is like though it's the cruelest fate of like you slide off the track, you go into the gravel, you have a sixty percent chance of getting out of the gravel, and yep. you have a forty percent chance of just getting stuck in quicksand. And your car works fine; it's just like stuck in the mud. And There's just no be, you won't yeah. be doing any more Formula One racing that day. And he and the way that he went into the gravel, he was turned and pointed directly back at the track. So he was just like yeah, watching. Yeah. Perf- perfect act. Yeah. It's just <laughs> such like a funny like <laughs> like oh I felt so bad for him. So bad for him. Um uh, so, so what what yeah. what else what else uh what else have we got going on this race? So it was it was really cool to see one it was great to see uh Checo um be so racy off the start but then mm-hmm. do the respectful and responsible thing which is I'm not going to try and bully or pass my teammate uh uh or like make things difficult for him he's ahead of the race and then <laughs> and he totally should have because like Max didn't finish the race and like uh, uh, who knows what that would have resulted in if he was able to truly battle with Leclerc on that first lap like we may be talking about Sergio um having won this Grand Prix but he didn't he backed off and was real respectful of his teammate and uh and that was what opened the door for Hamilton uh but then I got to say man Watching the McLarens come up and be mm-hmm. like be competitive with the Mercedes, that was such a fun like first few laps. Uh to be like, oh, is it on? Is this is this really happening? Uh and then I think like Danny Rick even said afterwards, he's like, Oh, and then we were reminded of like who they are. Um, because they just pulled away from us. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been fun to watch. Uh but yeah, kind of otherwise like a pretty boring first bit of the race. 
once everyone kind of settled in, there were no battles. Um, yeah, Not there's some really. safety car, you know, safety car pit stop advantage going to uh, Russell instead of Hamilton. And, yeah, you know, which the, is that sort of that that old chestnut yeah. happening again, um, which I think was like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't we, we don't have to get right to it. But just the 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 tail end of the race, the FIA is so dubious in the way that they release radio uh, communications, because at mm-hmm. the end of the race. It was this like they released a radio communication that basically made it sound like Lewis was the now the second driver at Mercedes and that like George has now taken the mantle and Mercedes is prioritizing him. And like that was not at oh, all what Jesus. happened. Uh, he was like, you guys put me in a really bad position. And he was talking about the fact that like his car was overheating and he was having to like lift and coast. He wasn't talking about the fact that he wasn't allowed to overtake his teammate. He was literally saying like, ah, you, we, you like put me on a bad strategy. And now like my tactics, my in-race tactics have, have suffered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that real quick. Um, uh, but it just like pissed me off to be like, why are you, why are you well, stop trying to create a narrative? FIA just let the race happen like let it happen I promise you it's more interesting if you just let the race happen um so I I found an awesome narrative over radio during the race which uh, was that we have uh so uh, and uh I guess we could circle back to it or maybe there's not that much to talk about there but Verstappen's engine blew up again yep uh and and whatnot and so as that happens there's a radio you know message playing from First app and saying like, yeah, I could smell fluids. The whole thing's fucked. Everything's fucked. You know, shit, fuck, 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 shit, fuck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's there's a couple other messages that we're hearing during the race. Uh, ah, fuck, you know, guy almost came on to me and and whatnot. Yeah. And then there's uh, a radio from uh, Mick Schumacher behind the safety car. And the car in front of him slows very violently, and he almost has what looks like a terrifying collision. Yeah, it was uh, Yuki him. Yuki Sonoda was was the yeah, driver you, in front of him? Yeah, yeah. And they they bring up the the Schumacher radio, and I'm looking at the caption of it right now, and it's "Holy cow, that was close." <laughs> <laughs> Such a polite little milk yeah. toast boy. Yeah, bless bless his heart. Bless oh, his heart, Mick Schumacher. You got You got to love him. That's like you know. To me, that's like quality, like Captain oh. America status. Uh, truly, you know. Truly, squeak, um, squeaky clean. You know. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. So the the reason the safety car came out and that that perfect little moment um, happened was uh, Seb had like a weird little thing uh sebastian vettel who missed the first couple of races due to covid uh was back in uh this race uh had like a miserable practice session mess of a weekend just lit the he's highlight highlight of the weekend for seb was doing a hot lap on a scooter on a for scooter. which he was which he was fined five thousand dollars for but uh, so, i think we'll be we'll be celebrated for generations to come yeah just like um perfect um but yeah, that was that he he had like a weird off and lost his front wing and that caused the safety yeah. car, which caused that Mick and Yuki moment uh, also caused uh, that that weird um, uh, situation where uh, where like I think this was it where Lewis just completely like everything went sideways Um for him like strategy wise within the race and was just like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I got screwed over by the the safety car again. Um, I think yep. that was when that happened. Uh, but, oh, that restart, the restart was yeah. so dope. This was when like, I started being like, okay, we've got a race on our hands. This is, this yep. is potentially going to lead to like a really fun, uh, back and forth. Like what we've seen the past couple of races. Yeah. Here comes that five laps of Verstappen and Leclerc, and Leclerc duking just, it out lap yeah. after lap. Um, but, but, uh, it, it didn't uh, quite deliver on that promise. It didn't quite deliver on that. And then also just while, while this was happening, they've like, uh, th- within the past couple of weeks, there's been a rule introduced by the, by the FIA that says, uh, it's basically what will be known as the Verstappen rule, which yeah, is like, no, no Verstappens. You cannot 
pull up next to a car while the safety while they're following the safety car and like bully them out of position if you are not yeah. the lead car because that's what Verstappen does is he yeah you cannot step in the lead car yeah yeah when um, it's, when it's very, you cannot get right up alongside it and try to step it onto it yeah which is it, it's it's this thing that you may not like it, which doesn't make a ton of sense if you don't understand full on like racing lines which basically what will happen is Verstappen will if he's the second car in the line he will get up behind the lead car and put his car next to the the lead car so that the lead car can't get into the position it wants so that it can have the best traction out of that final turn when the race is restarting. So he like literally like bullies them out of position and then gets the better racing line and usually is better on a restart. Uh, so they were like, no more doing that. You cannot put your front wing past the person's rear wing in front of you on a race uh, restart. So it was like, no more Verstappening, uh, which I think is yep. great. Um, it's also very clever for Verstappen to use that. I think that's like why he's so good and why he's such a brilliant yeah. race car driver. It's clear. I mean, it's clearly a very intimidating tactic, and I yeah. think it's worked. He's had mixed results with it, but I think it's at least uh, encouraging to see him doing something different. And it kind of reminds me of the time that I first got really excited about Verstappen, and this must have been mm -hmm. like the 2018. Teen Brazilian Grand Prix when it was pouring rain and he was yeah. every single driver were following each other to stay in their tracks to try and find like the driest part of the track and Verstappen yeah. just went out and experimented and he found what like, like hardcore racers will lap. know it was so yeah, cool and and hardcore racers will will know it is like finding the wet line like certain race tracks you when it is really wet you can take a completely different line than you normally would around the track that could be based on things like even just like where is the water pooling up on the track what is the adhesion level of different areas of the surface and, the camber and of the actual track itself like it's and the, yeah and so the, the cool. traditional yeah. yeah the traditional racing line of straightening out your corners for maximum speed hyperlogical you know biblical approach to to racing that everyone does all of a sudden that goes out the window and max was able to to find that so i i give him i give him props for inventing his yeah. stapany way of he's of muscling of, in on on folks but yeah. uh even 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 that's not gonna help you when your engine goes yeah kablooey. exactly which is what happened his engine uh went kaput i i rewound it several times to try and catch the specific quote that he said uh and it is uh everything it sounded like he like at first said everything is fucking itself which is very funny oh um, yeah yeah but i think what he said is everything is shitting itself which is maybe even funnier um because yep. like you know the act of fucking is like uh everything is like out of sorts but like when things like hit the bed it's just like everything's going wrong <laughs> um yep so it's just uh it was very funny to hear that but also to, to to sympathize and to empathize with max like if you're driving your car 20 miles an hour and you smell something funny you smell like a weird fluid smell or a weird brake smell or a weird metallic smell you start to panic right like that's like a normal thing if you're driving mm -hmm. like 20 to 30 miles an hour imagine doing that at 60 miles an hour you're on the side of the highway you're definitely like i'm not driving 60 miles an hour these dudes are driving almost 200 miles an hour and he started to smell a fuel smell like yeah, you pull that mm -hmm. car over, dude. You pull you immediately you you let everyone know, hey, I smell fuel in my like rocket that is on the ground that is piping hot. Yeah. Um, what's up? And they were like, Yeah, dude, shut that car off, pull the car over. Uh and it is heartbreaking to watch him go out like that. But I do love hearing Christian Horner like reluctantly be like, We need to retire the car, Max. I just I enjoy hearing Christian Horner suffer. That's all. Uh, that, that's yeah, all yeah. That, that 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 does always bring a, a little bit of a smile to my face. Uh, I also I also always enjoy it when the drivers get out of the car and are like screaming at the the <laughs> yeah. marshals 
to basically like put the fire out now, like take care of my baby right now. Get over here. No, it's here. Point the fire extinguisher here. What are you doing? And you could see him pointing at them, telling them, no, 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 get over here. And like the guys are like, no, I don't know. It seems fine. It's just a little smoky. No, get it in there now. You know? Yeah. Like like, uh, hands outstretched in disbelief at like, what are you doing? You, you, uh, it's that like whole like you have one job and it's to put out a fire if you see it. How do you not see that the thing is on fire? I'm yeah. pointing to the part that's on fire and you're deliberately like not spraying your fire extinguisher on that part. You're spraying it everywhere except that part. So he's like literally like pointing into the exhaust manifold being like, no, in there. What are you doing? That was very funny. Satisfying to watch uh, Christian just be like, ah. Yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. Um, mm-hmm. But it sucks for Max. Sucks for Max. Uh, I, I like to watch him race. And I certainly like to watch him race Leclerc. Oh, real quick. I love that Helmet Marco defined the Red Bull, the new RB, what is it? The RB18, what, whatever this year is, whatever this model is for the, the Red Bull, uh, he defined it as a, a prima donna. And I just wanted to read the dictionary definition of a, a, a prima donna. A very temperamental person with an inflated view of their own talent or importance. That is what Helmet Marco defined his wow. own car as. So, like, I know that, like, there's, like, people don't really think of, like, what actual meanings but it's like, hey, no, you actually nailed it. Um, that is actually exactly what yep. th- this is. But I also see prima donna as being like uh, just the the most fragile little bitch. Yeah, because that's yep. what the Red Bull is is just a fragile little bitch. Uh, it's great, but like if you don't treat it perfectly, it will have a temper tantrum and overheat and maybe catch on fire. It sucks. Well, even so, so regardless of Verstappen's engine blowing apart. He was also saying that he was deeply frustrated through the whole race, even though yeah. he was he had a strong grip on second place. It felt like he was trapped in second place and he wasn't able to compete with Leclerc in the way he had before. He also mentioned some some really bad uh, tire graining going on that the, yes. the vehicle was not making its tires work out in so, any sort of useful way. So this is the first time we've brought up graining. Um, we don't talk a whole lot about tires, but uh, can you explain what graining is uh, to, to to people listening? Yeah, so it's basically, you know, uh, you wear your tires down in a few different kinds of ways. But I mean, effectively, the tread, you know, or these don't have traditionally tread. Uh, they're typically slicks unless it's raining in which you've got a, a limited bit of tread on the tire. But uh, your your tire wears down and as it's wearing down, it will sustain a certain level of grip and then it will basically get to a point where the tire compound has worn itself to a place where the the rubber compound, which is basically it's all like chemistry sort of stuff, mm-hmm. how this rubber is very carefully put together and whatnot. Um, the you like get to different a point where the levels tire, of tire, there are different compounds of rubber. So like the inside part of the tire of is different will, compound than the outside. Yeah, 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 and it'll it'll degrade over the course of the race, you know, but sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a longer sweet spot within the tire and whatnot. When you have graining, it basically is a way of saying that like, no matter how much wear you have on the tire, the tire is sort of like breaking itself apart Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's like wearing down in a really rough and ragged way. And it's, it's basically, uh, compromising the tire in in ways that are going to significantly limit how much grip you've got out there. So, uh, is uh, yeah, uh, concerning to hear that. Yeah, um, I think also the other tire story of the race, uh, a pretty miraculous feat, was that we had Alex Albon like, run like this is some stuff you don't. That has that doesn't happen in modern Formula One. Like it, it happened when like we were kids. Like, mm-hmm. like it would happen ba- way back then. But sorry, go go ahead. What, what were you? What were, please. 
Alex Albon basically ran the entire race without changing his tires. Now he did on the, I believe it was the final lap of the race. He came in to change tires because you are required to do so. It is mandatory that you must make at least one tire change over the course of the race. Which would that result in a disqualification from the race itself? If he didn't do that, or is it just penalizing? I I believe it would, it it would either be disqualification or it'd be a very, very strict penalty, which, you know? which he was disqualified from qualifying earlier in the weekend. Cause he didn't have enough fuel in his car. So this was right. like, uh, um, when qualifying finishes, the FIA gets to take a fuel sample to make sure that you're not like putting any, uh, <laughs> any extra stuff in your fuel to make it burn hotter or better than anybody else's, uh, and Alex Albon didn't have that. Didn't have that, so he was disqualified from qualifying. But then almost ran the entire race without changing his tires. Um, and I, did you see him talking about it in the post race interview at all? No, I didn't. What did What did he so say? He said he's like for about eighteen laps, one eight. He said those tires felt like qualifying tires, which qualifying tires. That's like the softest compound and you only get that like quality of tire for maybe like six sevenths of a lap. Like you need to maintain Mm -hmm. the very delicate uh, balance and like uh, integrity of that tire for like a bunch of little moments within the lap itself. He said he was running that tire late in the race for eight for about 18 laps where it felt like a qualifying tire. And he's like, we have to figure out what was going on. This does not make sense. Everyone at Williams is like, uh, yeah, we don't understand what was happening either, which is not good. Like you need to understand why your car is performing the way it is, especially <laughs> in a way that is like, I'm sorry, the, the tire you were running for an hour straight felt like a tire that was like crispy <laughs> um, and should only be crispy mm-hmm. for about, a minute and it ran beautifully for like two hours. Uh, yeah. So that was, that's a head scratcher. That's like a real, like, I hope we get a follow up on what that was on why that tire worked that way on why the car performed so well, uh, in the race. So huge props to, to Albon for, for both achieving that and also for going from starting in last place. Yeah. And making up 10 positions, I think they had said that they were expecting, they were starting in 20th and hoping to fight for 19th. Yeah. And he got to 10th place and got that last points awarding (laughs) position, which is a huge deal in Formula One, especially for a team like Williams, who very rarely gets a single point. And that sounds like, what? What's that like point got to do with Every point that is awarded over the course of a Formula One season, at the end of the season, the constructor is given an enormous financial prize. Like hundreds of millions point. of dollars. Well, tens of millions of dollars per point, which like end up totaling hundreds of millions of dollars at the end of the season. So if you have even one point that can make the difference between if you, if you're used to not getting any yeah. points to basically not getting a paycheck and then you get a big fatty fat old fat old paycheck yeah like a christmas a bonus big, style paycheck that's yeah. a that is a really big deal for the team and you could you could see it on them i mean they looked like they looked like a, a looked garage like the of race yeah. winners yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was it was beautiful it was beautiful to watch um so that that was that was a fun little little tire uh little tire segue. Um but uh Perez after Max retired freaked out. Uh comes over the radio and he's like, "Hey, so what happened to Max?" and they're like, "It's nothing you need to worry about." Yeah. Um, which is just like a <laughs> Uh, I don't, I it's don't know. An, it's an issue that would only affect Max. Yeah, you know, like that was like, uh, uh, there's all sorts of weird connotations to that. Like we need to unpack that. Uh, so are you setting Max's car up differently than Checo's? Because if you are, then like, what, what, uh, Checo should have a car that's set up similar to Max, right? That's like 
how it's supposed to go. Um, the 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 plane that hit this tower is uh, it's totally different from the plane that hit the other tower that just fell. Like, you like, know, yeah, don't like, worry about it. I probably, yeah, 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 I, I promise you, you need to be worried about it. Um, uh, yeah, it's such a fascinating. Such a fascinating way of uh, rebuffing that request. Again, don't trust anything the FIA puts over the radio, but like uh, that sounded like a, hey, maybe maybe Checo has some valid concerns. There was also something very telling about Leclerc asking about fastest lap with like almost half the race left. <laughs> like just being like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to make sure I got fastest lap. And it's like, hey, hey, dude, you've got like a whole race that you need to be worried about. You should... I guess you're not worried about the rest of the race. Like you're that confident, but it's that kind of thing where like drivers will, (laughs) they need, they need focus. Um, you can't have like a driver like out leading the race and you're not like checking in with him and letting him know what's going on and what's Mm -hmm. happening because they'll start to wonder like, Hey, what am I going to have for dinner tonight? Um, probably not that serious, but like uh, you got to make sure that they like stay focused. Um, so it was just weird Mm -hmm. to hear Leclerc come over I think it was like lap like 35 or something to be like, hey, what's up with fastest lap? And they're like, you've got it. Don't worry about it. Um, Which he did need to worry about it because people were getting quick at the end, uh, including Alonso, Mm -hmm. uh, who was who was back in the race. Uh, But anyways, uh, so Hamilton, uh, that bad, bad position radio broadcast was really like uh, that. I I heard that and was like, that's not. That's out of context. There's no way that's what we think it is. But they're clearly making it seem as though he's like pissed at Mercedes because they've like prioritized George. And it's like, that's not what, even if he was thinking that, he's not going to communicate that over the radio. I still, I mean, I, I still welcome hearing all that sort of stuff. Like, I think it's nice to hear the flaring emotions of these guys. And I think, I think it's important for more than anything for the fans not to take any of that shit too seriously, like to, uh, to appreciate that, like these guys are full of adrenaline. They're racing on a track. They're going wheel to wheel with each other. They're going through some really intense stuff. If you want to like know what they're re like, if you want to know what they want you to know about how they're feeling about it, they'll tell you like 20 minutes after the race when they've had a chance to cool down yeah. a little bit. But like over the radio, it's, you know, it's heat of the moment. I, I welcome it. I, li- I like it. I don't mind the. I'm not saying I don't I- like it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't like when they like clearly are trying to craft a narrative through mm-hmm. those like through withholding context of a race radio communication where it's like, right. hey, you could just literally say like what was on one or two seconds on either side of that clip. And you would mm-hmm. clearly understand that he was not talking about like an interteam rivalry. He's just like, hey, ah, uh, man, my car's not performing the way I want it to. You put me in a bad position. It's like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. normal. I'm also, that's still juicy to me. I'm still like, oh, wow, there's a little bit of tension there between Lewis and the team. But don't create an extra layer of like, there's tension because they're prioritizing your young teammate who like, you were defeated last year, you're yesterday's news. Like, cause that's what it feels like they're trying to do. Um, right. Maybe I'm just very sensitive as like a Hamilton fan. I'm sure that I am, but like uh, that felt that felt like a forced narrative that was not necessary to me. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, the 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 race itself uh, finished under green flags. What else? What else stuck out to you about the the race, Johnny? Well, we had we we had Russell get on the podium. Yeah, we had Hamilton's teammate get up onto the podium, which uh, quite frankly seemed like it was just a result of this, you know, convenient pit strategy timing with the safety car. Could have could have happened to anybody. You yeah, know, is is what it is. Um, but I think great to see Russell hanging in there. You know, yes. performing well um, and. I would welcome a little bit of like inter-team rivalry. I think we're we're a ways away from that happening. Yeah. But I do think there's a degree to which like because the Mercedes happen. team are well, yeah, and and with the Mercedes team kind of flailing right now as 
as thing as the season unfolds, I think that's going to breed a lot of like insecurity, particularly for Hamilton. I mean, Russell's got nothing to lose. No, um, but I well, could see a scenario where Lewis is, you know, feeling a little extra insecure, and then the the next worst thing that could happen beyond having a car that he feels is keeping him from being competitive is having a teammate breathing down his neck or in a uh, car that is supposed to be similar to him that is performing you know put that in quotes performing better than his car um Mm -hmm. that that is definitely that's something that like bubbles up between teammates and it should bubble up and i like that that is a Mm -hmm. thing that's going to happen it's going to happen i think for sure with ferrari uh uh it will happen less so with red bull just because it's such a clear max is like the number one driver there um even more so i think than like again i'm very biased but it it feels like max is more the favorite child at red bull than like lewis is at mercedes which feels wild it feels Mm -hmm. wild for them to have put all their stock into max verstappen who yes world champion future world champion at the time they put all their stock into him but it was like hey you're just like casting aside people like alex albon and pierre gasly uh and to a lesser extent no disrespect but like daniel kvyat like like they were all Mm -hmm. just tossed aside because max was always prioritized and like checo is willing to fill that like second driver role and is so competent and so capable of doing it so I don't think we'll see any real like inner team or inner inter team uh uh intra team. Yeah, it's intra team rivalry. But I do think we'll see it with Ferrari. I think we'll see it with Mercedes. I think we may see it with Alpine. I don't think we'll see it with Haas. Uh I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh I don't really see it happening at Williams, at Alpha Tauri. Uh, maybe, maybe. Yuki's got a bit of an ego, and so does Pierre, and they both have like traded off being very good at times uh, while 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 driving for them. I think Pierre's in like a contract year too, so Pierre's got something to prove. So maybe we'll see something mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, oh yeah, then uh, Alpha Romeo too. I think there's not going to be much of a. I think Joe knows that he's there to learn from Valtteri, and that's like a good. Yeah, a, a different dynamic than like Max and Checo, where it's like you're here to support Max Checo, and like Joe yep. is there to like learn from Valtteri and like get good at driving F1, uh, these F1 yep. cars. Um, but again, I mean, again, Checo carries the number two driver with a sort of like sense of dignity and purpose, whereas I feel like every other time that we talk about the number two driver thing, it's like a, it's a shameful label that these guys are just like. They're treating me like the number two driver. I'm not, I should be, I should be just like the other. And like Checo seems to like roll up and be like, I'm going to number two driver the shit out of this. Like I am going to be the most. Yeah. 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 Uh, No one is going to believe the level of like competency and importance that can be brought through the strategic application of a number two driver. And like, you know, and just like looks around and like, you know, seems to just wear the like, what what have you like are you going to give me shit for being a number 2 driver i'm on one of the best teams in the pinnacle of motorsports and i'm you know making myself incredibly useful yeah. uh, it's uh to me that's that's pretty rad and it's a cool it's a cool thing to see on display um, i i would truly love to see and i think we will see it eventually uh a documentary on Sergio Perez's racing career because he has had one of the most nuanced yeah. and interesting and like he is a Cinderella story. Like he is And is still flown pretty far under the radar for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Which is like I mean he won when he won that race for Racing Point who is now Aston Martin like he was out of a contract. They were like, we're done with yeah. you. And then he won a race and was like, hey, uh, I'm really good. Does anybody want me? And then Red Bull was like, hey, actually, yeah, we do. Um, so like it was such a cool thing to watch. It to, it's such, That's why I will continue to root for Checo no matter what. I am a Mercedes fan and I am a Hamilton fan. But like wherever Checo goes, I will absolutely root for him as an individual. Uh, despite who his team boss is, uh, I, I I am a huge fan of uh, of Sergio. Yeah, what else uh, fr- from this weekend? Ferrari 
they had the Grand Slam. They had the Grand Slam. They had the uh, the fastest lap. They won the Grand Prix, and uh, they were on pole position. Uh, yep. Which was the first time they've done that since I think 2010 with with Alonso driving for Ferrari in Singapore. So it's been Grand over Slam a though. Grand Slam though does hit a little different when you got one foot deep in the gravel trap. Yeah, like real deep. Yeah, when yeah. you got yeah. They're, they're standing there in the Grand Slam ceremony suite, and they've got all these rocks stuck in their shoes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I like the idea of like uh, them taking a picture, uh, and like literally, you see Carlos like turning his racing boot over and like gravel and dust yeah. falling out of it while everyone else is celebrating around him. Um, yep. But we've got Imola next weekend. So uh, speaking of Not Ferrari next weekend, boys, uh, week or two week weeks. after week after next, yep. we've got Imola. Um, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Some, some super Ferrari shenanigans. I, I think I said it before, but I want to see those sweet ricotta filled side pods, uh, you oh, know, on the podium. So I want to see, uh, I, I would love to see both Ferrari drivers up there. I'd love yeah. to see, you know, it just be a, a huge epic race. I, I hope that it will be the, uh, true lies to, uh, this uh, this past week's eraser, yes, and uh, yes. you know, be a, a return to form. Uh, you know, little little top of the you know. I'm also thing. excited uh, to keep going back to it. Mercedes, they're bringing their upgrades. They are finally bringing their upgrades this coming race. Now, now, I thought I had heard something that even Mercedes was like a little like, oh, like, yeah, we've got, we'll have upgrades, but like, don't expect to see the real deal upgrades for a few more races. Honestly, like, as, as long as they can sort out, because what, especially watching this past weekend, watching Ferrari bouncing up and down on those straights. Mm-hmm. And still putting in the lap times that they were putting in. And it's like, hey, uh, if porpoising is the issue, like Ferrari's porpoising and they're leading everything right now. Yep. So like you, there's something else going on with Mercedes. So uh, I, I'm I'm interested, uh, excited to see them not return to form, but um, but to, to be solidly ahead of the rest of the midfield. Uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see them um, potentially competing for uh, a pole or that second uh, that second row on the grid um, at mm-hmm. the start of the race. Yeah, uh, it's wild to even say that uh, coming from yep. the past few years as a Mercedes fan to be like, I yeah. just want to see him on the second row of the grid at the start of the race. I don't even. I mean, I'd like to see him on the podium, but like, I want to see yeah. him like start the race well. Um, but hey, you want to talk reliable? Mercedes is the most reliable team on the grid right now. They may they not are. be they reliable. Are. That's very fast. true. Well, I mean, but the, they're second in the constructors' championship, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're significantly ahead of Red Bull. Yeah, in the constructors' points, and uh, yeah. And I did. You, I heard a, a quote. You, go ahead. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in on it, Corey. If you if you want to finish first. You must first finish. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, That's and, it. And, and Christian, Christian was quoted earlier today being like, uh, like clearly taking another shot at Mercedes, which sure, whatever, which was like, I'd rather have a fast car that doesn't finish than a reliably uh, slow car. Uh, or a reliable car that isn't fast. Wh- whatever the verbiage was, was just like a, Okay, dude. Okay. That's not true. That's not, nobody feels that way. There's never been a person who's felt cool being in a Lamborghini that's broken down on the side of the road. Like yeah. when you're broken down on the side of the road in a Lamborghini, you sit there in that Lamborghini and you're like, dear God, I wish I was in a Camry right yeah. now, broken down on the side of the road. This is hor- This is horrific. Yeah. This is the most shameful thing Yeah, to be broken down in my hyper expensive overly engineered prima donna isn't doing prima yes, donna of a car a true prima good, donna good good call helmet oh god what a i mean i don't think he realized that he was like when he 
pulled that arrow back in the bow and pointed that bow way up into the air that somehow that arrow was going to fall perfectly uh, onto a target um, that was uh, that that just happened to be uh, unlike his most beloved uh, uh, beloved's uh, hat, like on the top of their hat. Uh, <laughs> it's just such a, a perfect. It just landed so perfectly. All right, Johnny. Let's uh, let let's let's make some predictions about Emily here. Uh, what 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 do you what do you think? What do you think is gonna gonna happen when when we make it to Italy in a couple of weeks? Okay, I'm gonna make a wild call, which is it's gonna be Carlito and Charles duking it out for yes. the admiration of the the home team yes. to Fosi. Yes, I want to see it so badly. Uh I want to see uh, I absolutely want to see uh Carlos win next week. Uh not next week in 2 weeks. I don't know if it'll happen, but I would love to see a little redemption come his way. I would also again I'm I'm sticking with my guns here. I want to see Alonso on that podium. Uh, I do want to mm. see him on that podium. Do you think that we're going to see two Red Bulls finish the race? No. Yeah, no, I me don't neither. think so. I think that's a. I think that's an important question to keep asking ourselves. Uh, yeah. As we're as we're going through this, um, it's yeah. Wild uh, to think that Max has only finished one out of the first three races. Could you last yep. year? Could you imagine that Red Bull would have finished? only one third of the races that max would have only finished one third of the races. Like that's just bananas. So I mean, also crazy that it seems as though based on what we saw during this race, that that's not the, that's not their only problem. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what, what Red Bull can, can pull out if they can make it to the end of the race, uh, when mm-hmm. we, when we get to Imola. Um, but, uh, otherwise Johnny, what are your thoughts here? Do you think that uh, F1 stock went up in the U.S. this week? Um, I'm going to say that I think this is every other time that we've discussed this, the stock has been going up. I'm going to say it's it's level yeah. this week. Yeah, that's my that's my take. The race wasn't electrifyingly exciting. It's a, a little bit of like a return to form of like up oh, pit strategies and tire strategies and whatnot are determining the result of the race as opposed to exciting battles. I think there's still, you know, there's still passion and fever and excitement growing in the, in the country and, and globally as well, as you stated at the very start of the episode, uh, huge attendance at the race in, in Australia. Um, and so I think that, you know, that global increase in intensity is always good, but, uh, the level is certainly not going to be for long because we've got two weeks until our next race in in Imola, and then two weeks after that, oh, we've baby. got the Miami Grand Prix, which is going to be yeah, that's going to be huge. That's going to mm. be sensational. They will they will probably leverage all of that two week time period leading up to it to just keep the hype building. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how that's received in the in the United States. Yeah, uh, I'm going to desperately uh, try to figure out a way to get a ticket for it. I know it's still it's sold out. They haven't released any more tickets. Uh, playing. <laughs> and airfare is going up uh so i don't know if uh if i'm going to be able to make it but i would love to make it to the inaugural uh miami gp but if not that's okay uh i think that stock kind of leveled off i think you're right stock kind of leveled off this this week mm-hmm. um especially with it being a race that was able to be watched so easily in the u.s uh the the timing of it was so perfect for u.s viewership and then to have like kind of a dud of a race not a dud but just kind of an uneventful race didn't do us any favors as as a fan base yeah here. I, don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about about this race being convenient to uh yeah. to watch uh i think uh uh well for you it was it was, it was what perfect. it was like eight eight oh, eight p.m 10, nine p.m p.m uh pre-race started and i was like i cracked my first beer and was like all right i'm settling in for a fun saturday night uh and ah oh, that's beautiful yeah that's it was nice. 
Yeah, it was perfect for the I, West Coast. I, but. I might have toughed it out for a 1 a.m. race, but uh, yeah, yeah, not not this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you got kiddos too, and that's that's an aggressive thing to to do in a house with kiddos in it. Um, it's it's all right, you know. D- DVR is my friend, and yes. uh, we had enough safety cars to kind of you know throw it onto eight yeah. X and uh, <laughs> zip zip through. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just like you know, just like the time honored tradition of skipping through the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. That's how I skip through that's the how safety I watch car. My, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Johnny, uh, I am excited to watch some F1 cars, especially some screaming red cheese grater side potted mm. uh, Ferraris in, in Italy. Nice, uh, nice uh, rich red ragu mobiles. Oh, I can't Just, yeah. wait. Just there's the folks. What, what Johnny and I hope for is for fandom in the U.S. to like hold a candle to what you are about to see in the next two weeks of this lead up to, Mm -hmm. to the, the Imola uh, Grand Prix. I'm not going to try to pronounce uh, the full name of it, um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a long (laughs) Italian string of words um, that I'm, I won't, try this time around johnny you want to give it a shot yeah yeah, yeah. as it's our the, resident the, italian american <laughs> this is this is the longest i'm looking at the whole calendar right now and this is by far the longest name on the calendar like they the had name to like takes up ex- three lines <laughs> like they had to extend yeah. the cell the, the cell in the excel spreadsheet when they were Co- putting it in Co- <laughs> Corey, this is the formula one rolex Grand Premio del Made in Italy. Now, this is what fucks me up as they jump back and forth what? between. It is the Grand Premio del Made in Italy. E della Emilia Roman- Romana 2022. I don't know. Like They've got multiple languages. Pick a lane. So Come on, man. Like the... Oh. The, the other races, you know, uh, the, the Austrian... Grand Prix, the name is all in Austrian. This one goes from English to a brand name to Italian to then just made in Italy. Yeah. I don't even, I don't, I don't understand. And for good measure, some, uh, some of the old uh, numbers in there too, uh, because we got all the letters for multiple languages. Let's throw the year in there too, just to really throw them off. Because, folks, here's the funny thing. This is not what this Grand Prix was called last year. It was something very similar, but it was not this. All right, folks. We're going to let you go. Um, We are going to catch up with you the next time on The F1 Files.